There's some people that, okay, I can hang out with them for dinner, maybe a movie for however many hours and it's fine. There's other people, maybe it's like we go out for coffee for a little while. Okay, cool. He goes, there's other people you see and you're like, oh, hey, how you doing? Nice to see you. Okay, got to go. Keep it rolling. <laughs> that's 98% of every relationship that I have. I was say, or at least that's how I try to do it, but it never seems to end that Brian way. Brian prefers it that way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I say, but wait, Brian, I need to talk to you about the show. <laughs> It is that time again. Time to cope on the couch with Courtney and Brian. Courtney Kelly is a mental health therapist. I, Brian Mulhern, a longtime patient. And this morning, Courtney, we are bringing the drama. Oh, the drama. Here so it comes. much drama here on Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. And in reality, Courtney, I don't know that there has been a year and a half of time where there has been more yeah. drama in a lot of people's lives. So I think this is wholly appropriate. Yeah. You know, it's funny. So many of my clients, when I talk talk to them, this is one of the things that they address is the drama of other people, their own drama in their life, and just feeling overwhelmed by problems or how they're looking at problems. Right. And so really, I would say this is one of the top things that I deal with on a daily basis. Lots of drama. Would you say that that has been the case more recently or has it always been that way? It always has been, but definitely more because of the pandemic. And I have to say, definitely more right now because I just had a client, we were just discussing this yesterday, how much better we felt in June. Things right. started to lift. And now it's like, oh my gosh, even at my workplace, we were down to just wearing the masks. And then now we're back to wearing the face shields. They had taken those away because the numbers were going down. Everything was looking better. But it's just a small example of how many things are shifting and how when you start to feel better, sometimes you feel worse that it's coming back again. And what more defines drama than the ups and downs mm -hmm. of things like that, where exactly. you get the rug pulled out from under you? Yeah, a lot of us were feeling awfully optimistic. Mm -hmm. And now, here we go again. Exactly. And so, I think it's important just overall, there's a lot of people out there, we've talked about this before, who are highly sensitive, HSP, highly sensitive people, and they feel things even more. So, if you bring problems to them, or if they are dealing with issues in their world, they feel really overwhelmed. So, it's important for people to protect themselves. I even have clients that I tell, listen, before you even walk outside of your house, <laughs> protect yourself, visualize, maybe that you have Teflon, things will just slide right off of you or you know how they say like a duck things just slide off my back but picturing yourself sometimes I'll even do an exercise with them about picturing white light or picturing that you have a little force field or a shield around you that things won't stick to you because it really does for some people they feel bombarded by the drama of life for somebody like me would you tell me to use the force Courtney I think I would <laughs> Brian we could do a whole thing with Star Wars but isn't that the deal with drama it is the unpredictability of it mm -hmm. and how it can come from basically anywhere. Not only can it come from just life intervening with a pandemic, right. not only can it come from a significant other, a mm -hmm. child, a co-worker, something going on at your job. One thing that people don't focus on nearly enough is sometimes it's coming from within. Right, exactly. And sometimes we are being, I don't want to say we're attracting it, but we are sitting with it more than we should. And so an example of this, when I lived in New York City, there was someone that I connected with for part-time work. It was within the industry. It was doing some kind of commercial type work. And this person kept coming to me with 
with all this drama and I felt kind of sucked in and I think it's because I'm a people pleaser and I wanted to help that I felt sucked into stuff with him and I remember one time I got to such a head that I got home and I was like oh my gosh why does this keep happening to me why do people bring me this drama and then I went wait a minute I think I'm putting up with it (laughs) because I was dealing with him and he was telling me all these crazy situations and at the time I didn't realize it but he was putting his mental health on me and then I realized okay I need to be active in this to say okay where are my healthy boundaries here because at the time I didn't even realize it so it's interesting how sometimes we put up with it we have to look at our role whether you're people pleaser or whether you're someone who is a fixer that's a big one too I have fixers who come to me who are like I just need to fix this problem for someone else and it's like you can't fix their problem so sometimes we are sitting with the drama too much and we need to learn how to confront that in a nice way and have some limits for your actor wannabe I can't imagine someone like that being dramatic I know right? <laughs> that's what they're trying to do for a living Shocking. for the love of God and I do find it interesting having worked within the business of show myself mm-hmm. for 30 years you run into a lot of people who can't stand prosperity mm-hmm. and sometimes they just are complicated people who like to be dramatic who like to kick the hornet's nest from time to time yeah. and the problem is if you're working closely with that person you get sucked into it that mm-hmm. person who can't get out of his or her own way right and we've talked about this with sabotage you know sometimes we self-sabotage because we think intellectually we want something but emotionally we're feeling like we can't handle it so we sabotage ourselves so we don't get it but also sometimes people are just more comfortable with drama I've dealt with clients who would say they grew up in a chaotic environment they thought they hated the environment but actually they were more comfortable in it so in their adult life they didn't realize it was subconscious but they didn't realize they kept making choices that would create drama so we had to look at that and say okay what's another way of looking at the situation and what's some other actions you can do and let's get you comfortable with calm with boring (laughs) some people are very suspicious of calm and boring because they feel like the other shoe is going to drop so instead of waiting for the other shoe to drop they kind of create some drama and they don't like it but they feel more comfortable so it's complicated but it's very interesting once you can see your pattern you can start to work on it and I can say that about other forms of mental illness and other people may not realize that they are doing this I know people who their comfortable chair their favorite pair of jeans Mm -hmm. is depression they get mired in it and realizing the amount of work that they have to do to get out of it Mm -hmm. subconsciously terrifies them so it is easier to hang on to the devil that you know oh yeah that's where things really start to get out of control when that does become your resting heart rate Mm -hmm. that's the thing to you that is normal when in reality it is anything but normal and when I walk down that road in counseling I have to be very sensitive because I'm not trying to tell people that they're creating an illness. I'm not trying to say that at all. But yes, there are times when I say, okay, we've done all these interventions. We're trying to help you. You've tried medication. You've done all these things. However, is there an advantage to staying in this place? Because sometimes people do continue to sabotage themselves or stay in a dark place because it's scary to make different choices and to have different things in their life. And so they do this. So again, it's something to shine the light on and to see. But to have that sensitivity with people to realize that what often happens is we don't make a change unless the pain that we're feeling right now has to be greater than that fear or the pain of changing. (laughs) So sometimes we stay the same because we're afraid of making that change. And what about this too? Sustaining drama as a means of being able to focus on that Mm -hmm. as opposed to what the real problem is. It's almost an avoidance technique at times, I imagine. Oh, of course. I had a really good friend of mine constantly would talk about the hubby (laughs) 
and all the things the husband was doing wrong and how irritating it was. Finally, I said, well, you concentrating on that. What are you not concentrating on for your own self that Mm -hmm. you need to change for you? And it's true. And when I find that I fall into that, I say, wait a minute, it's not about them. What is it I need to do to get back on track? Because it is easy for our brains to get distracted and to focus on other things and to blame that when really we need to shift internally. But it's difficult. Sometimes we have to hold that mirror up and be like, okay, be really honest with ourselves. But again, doing that with compassion and with support. And like we've talked about in other episodes, acting like a friend to ourselves. What would you do as a supportive friend rather than berating ourselves for some of these behaviors? I think the most frustrating forms of drama for me, parenting can get awfully dramatic. Mm -hmm. And I think it also ties into this. When you have a person who constantly has problems that they create themselves, and you've been down a similar road. You deal with this a lot of times with kids where through life experience, Mm -hmm. you know the mistake that they're making. You try to give them that advice. They come to you for the advice, but when you give them the advice that they don't want to hear, they do what they want anyway. They fight it. And even worse, sometimes they blame you when Mm -hmm. it blows up in their faces. That kind of thing can drive you crazy, but that is a perfect example where you have to figure out where the boundaries are because in dealing with that, maybe in an unhealthy manner, you are also creating drama for yourself. Exactly. And remembering, I always say, remember how we were as kids. There were many times we were thinking our parents didn't know anything. (laughs) We'd look at them when we were 16 and be like, yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. Remembering and having some compassion for that time of your life and also looking at the kids now and peppering it with little advice. But yeah, sometimes we have to step back and sometimes we want our kids to learn through us so that they don't suffer like we did. However, a lot of times we need to learn our own lessons. I've had my stepson say to me and I said, oh, you finally learned that lesson. Yeah, we had to learn it ourselves instead of through you. And I was like, I get it, but I was trying to make it easier for you. This is what we talked about in an earlier podcast about adversity. Mm -hmm. And when you have those snowplow parents trying to take all adversity away, you need to give people the opportunity sometimes to fall on their faces. And I've noticed this many times when I've started new jobs. Sometimes I say to myself, they're not giving me enough training for this. And I'm really flailing right here. But then once I get good at it, sometimes being thrown right into the Mm -hmm. fire and having to figure it out for yourself is the best way to learn. Exactly. And you do feel really good about it. When I worked from home for a company where they just sent me all of the equipment and said, okay, you need to set this up. And I'm like, I'm not IT. I just remember (laughs) sitting there going, I made a really bad mistake. I was just like crying. I can't do this. And I say, okay, one way to not deal with the drama on such a large scale is to keep yourself in the moment and not project out and make everything a horrible drama. Just say, what can I do right now? I can plug it in. Okay, what's the next thing I can do? I can turn it on. Maybe I need to pause now. Talking yourself through it in a very slow and calming way can help you rather than generalizing to saying, well, my whole life is a disaster because of this. Well, here's where that drives me crazy. I mean, that situation for you, that was your choice. But when I'm a customer of my cable company and I call them because I'm having a problem and they say to me, well, what you need to do is go outside and check this box and then we want you to follow this wire <laughs> and come back into the house and reset this and do all of that. And climb that tree. Yeah. To get over to the- <laughs> what I usually do and how I respond to that is I say, okay, well, I am the co-host of the wildly popular podcast, Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. What I need you to do is come up with a topic for episode number 65. So what do you mentally have 
have wrong with you. So you can do my job for me while I'm doing your job for, for you. For you, exactly, exactly. And I'm sure they appreciate that, huh, Brian? Well, not really. <laughs> I haven't had cable in four and a half months but as a result. All of a sudden, the phone drops. <laughs> what happened? But yeah, I mean, sometimes these are the things. If it's too much at the moment, when there's too much going on, you have to slow things down. You have to just take it incrementally because taking it, like I said, the big picture of it all, it can be too overwhelming. But I also wanted to speak to the fact of when you're dealing with other people's drama, it's really important for you to think about not overextending yourself because that's one thing I think we jump into is like, I can do this. I can help. I can be there. I can fix this. And you make promises under pressure to try to help people. And then later on, you start to realize, oh my gosh, this is taking up all my time. I don't have time for the things I need to do. Or I've had to reschedule the stuff for my self-care. And now I'm running to their emergencies. Really be able to take a hard pause and take a look at that and say, where am I overextending? And don't overextend in the first place. Give somebody a space to talk. Give them some support. But try not to make all of these promises before you even have an idea of the bigger picture on this. And I have had many of those forms of people in my life, the people pleasers, Mm -hmm. the ones who want to be the mother protectors or the father protectors, and they are so overextending themselves in those areas that other areas start to suffer, including self-care, which that can spiral out of control very, very quickly. But while you are focusing on relationships sometimes that are very dramatic and dysfunctional in Mm -hmm. a way, sometimes your functional relationships suffer because those people are becoming and feeling ignored, and that's creating drama that you did not intend. So you're saying you've felt that before, where you felt like somebody wasn't able to put the energy into the relationship with you? Yes, because they were so busy dealing with other things, and I don't mind if they deal with it to a degree, Mm -hmm. but when you make it your life's mission, and especially when you are trying to help somebody who either A, can't be helped, or B, doesn't want to be helped, Mm -hmm. it's time to back away and time to focus on the people who are here for you. And that's a good point. If we can listen, especially if we know we're vulnerable to people pleasing and to putting up with a lot of drama, if we can listen to the people around us who care about us when they say something like that and say, wait a minute, maybe this is a point where I've kind of gone over the line here. That's really important. It's kind of like when I talk to a lot of my clients who deal with mental health issues and sometimes they're not aware of maybe if they're getting a little manic or maybe they're getting really irritable. They'll tell me if they listen to their partner and the partner says, hey, I'm a little concerned about something, even if they don't notice it immediately, they take that word in because they know, okay, this person really cares about me and is supportive. And they consider that. And I think it's helpful in the same way to say, maybe I don't agree at the moment, but let me sit with that. Okay, maybe there is a place where I am over people pleasing and I need to stop and realize that this could cause some damage in my functional relationships. Here's another potential trap to avoid that I have fallen into myself from time to time. I may find somebody who legitimately needs my help Mm -hmm. and then I help that person and I feel really good about it and they feel good about it too, but it doesn't end there. And then I start to notice that that person is just a bottomless pit who is constantly needing that kind of attention. I almost compare them to a vampire. They are sucking your lifeblood out of you to sustain them. And that is the unhealthy way within which they are conducting life, as opposed to trying to find their own happiness and trying to find their own self-worth and all of those things. When people like that start draining you and you feel like you've helped them once and you don't want to let them down... Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. or you feel like they're so vulnerable that they need you that badly, there has to be a cutoff point somewhere. That's the place where we go into the toxic relationships Mm -hmm. and how sometimes we need to limit how long we're spending with people, certain people. And so I remember I went to this life coach training and this guy was saying, there's some people that, okay, I can hang out with them for dinner, maybe a movie for however many hours and it's fine. There's other people, maybe it's like we go out for coffee for a little while. Okay, cool. He goes, there's other people you see and you're like, oh, hey, how you doing? Nice to see you. Okay, got to go. Keep it rolling. <laughs> that's 98% of every relationship that I have. I was say, or at least that's how I try to do it, but it never seems to end that Brian way. Brian prefers it that way. Yes. <laughs> and I say, but wait, Brian, I need to talk to you about the show. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> but I always thought that was such a great example of being aware of the people who you can spend lots of time with and it's like really healthy and it feels good and you walk away feeling good versus some of the other relationships where it might be fun in the beginning, but you start feeling drained after a certain point. And then some people who every time you're around them, you're just like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. So being aware that your energy is precious. And if that is an effect on you, have some healthy limit setting around that. And some of the toxic people, you may have to start seeing less in your life or shift some of those relationships. And I think the reality is all relationships and even the healthy ones take some amount of work, Mm -hmm. a marriage, even a best friend. Mm -hmm. But you don't want it to get to the point where it's nothing but work. Right. And it just becomes exhausting to have to pay that much attention to it. And to be able Mm -hmm. to find that balance, that's where you talk about people who are low maintenance and who are high maintenance. Now, I can tell you personally, Courtney, having worked with you in radio as (laughs) well. You're going to say I'm high maintenance? No, not at all. (laughs) I have worked with some people that are so unbelievably high maintenance that it gets to the point that it starts to hurt my performance Mm -hmm. because I'm trying to work around it so much. It's making me so stressed out. It's the thing that is top of mind and I need to use my mind for other things. But I just float into the studio every day knowing that I don't have to worry about that. Although you know you might have to take a few different selfies because I might refuse a couple of them. (laughs) I don't like the way I look in that one, Brian. We got to redo that one. I'm I'm going to put that one on the low maintenance scale (laughs) compared to other people who get upset with, hey, the audience is agreeing with you more than they're agreeing with me. And then you start taking it out on me or things like that. Or it becomes a contentious relationship. You're not working together as a team. Right. And that's how I define Mm -hmm. a low maintenance relationship. So you don't mind the selfies having to be done? That's very small potatoes compared to... This is just like my wife. No, it's the ease, the chemistry within which you can work with another person. And that is not to say that it's always perfect. We are going to have our disagreements. We're going to be coming from different places in certain areas, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't become this insurmountable thing that consumes me, that I'm losing sleep over, that has me wondering, should I find another line of work? Mm -hmm. I mean, it can get to that point with other people. That's the thing. And this is one of those unique jobs where you're just working. I mean, we work with other people, but primarily you have to work well with that Mm -hmm. one person. There's no like avoiding. You can't just be like, yeah, I'm just going to hang out over here for a while. No, you have to be on. There's no way to be an island unto yourself in this (laughs) job. You can't, not in this job. That's the beauty of it. But it's also what could be challenging if you Mm -hmm. find someone that you don't mesh with in certain ways. Yeah, so I can appreciate that. And I'll tell you honestly, I've never done a morning show. So I mean, I didn't know. I was like, ah, it might drive him crazy. Well, just to let you know, I am high maintenance. (laughs) I I have a lovely list of co-hosts who are lying in wake behind me who'd be more than happy to tell you. If I ever do another show, I'll be like, wait a minute, that Brian. (laughs) It's as 
if an enormous weight has been lifted. Yeah, I've heard that one before. And it is. It's a unique relationship, especially in this type of relationship. Yeah, you need to be able to have that good chemistry and less drama. Without a level of intimacy, I mean, it's not unlike a marriage. Right, you know right. what I mean? It's the part of the marriage where, well, what do you want to have for dinner tonight? Yeah. I don't know. What do you want to have? It's that kind of a dynamic right. that you have to work around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Saying like, oh my God, how much time do I spend with Brian versus Mike? <laughs> I see Mike right at the end of the day, my husband. It's like, just for a little while, we try to like chat and get it in quick before I have to go to bed. But yeah, no, it's true. And I'm sure a lot of people out there too, in their work relationships, they have certain people that they see so much and they have to work with closely. And that can be tough if they're out there dealing with some of this drama with that person. And sometimes when it gets to a real high level, it is important to seek out some help around that and to get some other perspective, some feedback, some support through counseling. Because like I said, this is like the number one thing that people come to me with is that they feel overwhelmed by other people's stuff or the stuff of other people who live with them or their mate, or like you're saying, the other person might be taking on all of these other responsibilities with other people and their relationship is lacking because of it. Well, if you want to know where the line falls in any relationship, if you are walking away from every interaction feeling emotionally exhausted, Mm. if the phone rings, you see the number, it's that person and your initial... You're already tired. (laughs) Your initial reaction is this. (laughs) Yeah, but Brian, in all honesty, if your phone rings, that's the way you are with anybody. Yeah, my wife calls. I do that too. You're like, that's somebody do that I have I to love. get in a conversation? You're texting back. Can we just text on this? Yeah. <laughs> but if call. it's the kind of thing where you already know what the yeah. conversation is going to be and you just already feel beaten down before mm-hmm. word one, that's something that you have to examine. Exactly. And that's the part where you say, okay, what is my role in all of this? Is there a way to set some limits with this? I've had clients where I say, okay, this person, you still want to have them in your life. However, there are certain situations where you feel bombarded by them. So let's think about seeing the person less or engaging in other ways, doing activities where you're focused on the activity rather than on the constant storytelling or the drama of stuff like that. And really talking to the person too and having some of those limits setting with them. And I think that's the bottom line of what we've been trying to say here. When you are dealing with that person where Mm -hmm. there's a lot of drama, sometimes it's mostly them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's mostly you. But most times it's a little bit of both of you. And you really have to own that. Many times I think a lot of the problems that we have, not just with drama, maybe the first place you should look is from within as opposed to what is outside of your worldview. that's what I did with that guy in New York where I said, wait a minute. Because I was all, woe is me, woe is me, this keeps happening. And all of a sudden I just stopped and I said, wait a minute, what part are you playing in this? What are you putting up with? What are you not being honest with him about as far as... Boy, the eye contact that you're making with me right now is making me nervous that I might have another ex co-host. What am I putting up with here? This is my first morning show. Maybe he's right. I know, exactly. I gotta do some research on this. Go to some other stations and ask some questions. I don't want you talking to Robin Quivers. I'm going over there and ask some questions. But it is. I think it can be a combination of things. And I also came across this. I thought this was good. Lifehack.org. They have a whole thing on avoiding life drama. So I Ah. thought that was pretty good if you want to check it out. But there's a lot of stuff you can Google to get some ideas on how you can cut down on some drama in your life. But yeah, it's really important to start with yourself. And maybe you're the one who's sending drama out. And it's important to reframe some things because sometimes even just the thought of life is supposed to be fair. Well, I do a lot of talking around that too. I'm like, life is not supposed to be fair. If it was the 
than it would be, and it's not. So ask a Buddhist who will tell you that life is suffering. <laughs> yes, life is suffering. Sometimes that can help too. Doing some CBT, looking at some of the ideas that you have, because a lot of times it's not the thing that happens; it's the idea that you have about the thing. You're saying the thing shouldn't happen, and that's why it creates drama because you are feeling like, oh my gosh, this is not the way it's supposed to be. If you have more of an idea of saying, okay, I don't like it, but this is the things that happen in life. Sometimes that can decrease some of the drama. So even in the way we approach it or approach other people and say, okay, maybe that's the way that this is supposed to be with them. But that doesn't mean I have to go and rescue. And as a therapist, that's something I often have to put myself in check because I'm ready. I'm ready to rescue. And sometimes I have to say, mm, no, you're going to step and back. And as a card carrying people pleaser. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I have it right here. Well, whenever <laughs> you say to yourself, this isn't what life is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. The question that you should be asking yourself is, what can I learn from this? And right. that applies to everything, not just drama, any adversity oh, that you take yeah. head on. I just saw my friend Maggie the other day at a birthday party and she said, Courtney, every time I think of you, I think, what's the lesson to be learned here? She goes, because you were always <laughs> saying that before. She goes, so every time I'm having a struggle with something, I think of you and I think about what's the lesson to be learned. I think that we do have to stop ourselves and pause and say, okay, what's the bigger picture? What do I learn here? What am I sending out? What am I attracting? What am I putting up with? There's all these things that sometimes we can deceive ourselves and that can cause a lot of drama too. Whereas people say to me, Brian, every time I see you, I think to myself, what's the quickest exit before he notices that I'm here? <laughs> They're looking for you, Mulhern. That's why you're running. <laughs> you're like, ah, oh yeah. no, the phone's going off. Oh, people are chasing me. <laughs> At 51 and in this shape or some reasonable facsimile of running. <laughs> Corny, if people need to get in touch with you yes. about any other questions they may have about drama or anything sure. else, how can they do so? And I won't give you any drama. You can come to <laughs> wellness at wctk.com. Also, we have great resources on our Wellness Wednesday page. We do Wellness Wednesday every week, and you can listen up to previous episodes, catcountry.com Wellness Wednesday page. And if you would love to see the drama that the trolls bring to my social yeah. media pages, <laughs> we've got all kinds of those at Cat Country Mornings in most spots, and of course, the individual pages, Brian Mulhern, B-R-I-A-N-H-E-R-N, and of course, Courtney Kelly, that is Courtney with a C, E-Y, and Courtney <laughs> Kelly Bedard. I think that's enough drama for one week. Am that's I right, it. Courtney? That's all right. it. No more drama. What form of drama is coming <laughs> next week for episode 65? You're just going to have to tune in to Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Thank you. I